Next on BYU Sports Nation, the official BYU basketball season preview. How many games will the Cougars win this season? How about tournament games? Dave Rose is in studio. How's the health of the team? And he breaks down each of the three high school signees. Plus, John Beck and his Thursday conversation. How would the former BYU and NFL quarterback attack Missouri's speedy defense? Let's go. This is BYU Sports Nation. Brought to you by the BYU Store. Simulcast on BYU TV and BYU Radio. Now, from Studio B, here's Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. BYU Sports Nation live in Radio Vision. We're back to work in Studio B, presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Thursday, November 12th, wherever. However, you're dialed in. Great to have you with us. I am Spencer Linton, teamed up with three-star broadcast recruit, Jerem Jordan. Now, is that from Rivals or ESPN or my mom's blog spot? Your mom's blogspot blog has you as a five star. Wow is is blogspot still a thing? Is that are people that even still existing? doing that? I have no idea. I started one in like oh seven. What would you? I sc- think I deleted it. What would your scouting reports say? Your upside. Uh, scrappy uh, coach on the court, <laughs> uh, hard worker, uh, excellent shooter, amazing athlete, five star potential. Uh, cancer in the locker room, you know, that kind of thing. <laughs> also, that would be the yeah, constructive yeah, that criticism. Was, that would be it. Uh, the, la- <laughs> the last nine shows, including today, this is only the second show that we've done together. Hey, it's good to be back Hashtag together. paternity leave, right? Yes. And sickness. By the way, that counts as a sick day leave. I didn't know that. Well, you, you pile up a lot of sick days. You have uh-huh. hundreds of hours of sick days. Uh-huh. Yeah. I'm probably going to spend the month of July sick next year, <laughs> just to use some of those. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I basically did this summer. I was take advantage of that? Yeah. yeah I don't, my throat kind of hurts today. So I'm gonna I sound like Jeff Judkins. I got to take a sick day. <laughs> By the way, this weekend is absolutely nuts. Oh, yeah. Basketball tip-off for the men and women's teams here at BYU. NCAA tournament soccer for BYU women's soccer. Which, by the way... Is on BYU TV. Also, uh, required the online rights, so the apps and BYUtv.org is there. It's a separate deal, so that's that's official as of yesterday afternoon and this morning. Uh, so BYU UV, uh, Utah Valley, uh, Saturday three Eastern on BYU TV. Oh, and then there's and this online. football game as well. BYU and that Missouri. Thing. Yeah, counting to kickoff six thirty Eastern Saturday. I'll just be promo guy. You just say a game, and I'll just say the promo associated with that. That's how we roll. We don't even need to discuss it. It's just it's just what we do. A lot of promos going on. <laughs> Let's go to a very early Twitter question. Because we're talking about basketball and football today, let's hit it up. Which is more likely? BYU football wins 10 games. We're talking in the season, so there's going to be a bowl game there too. 7-2 and two right now with four to go. Or BYU hoops gets a single-digit seed. I have not seen one tweet affirming BYU because basketball. Because it's November 12th, dog. More likely to get a single-digit seed over BYU football winning 10 games. Not one! Use the hashtag BYUSN. At MVK... Or Craig. Okay? MVK Craig. I want them both, but accounting for the unplanned chances are much better football wins out. I think that that's the uh, thought is, hey, BYU's going to beat Fresno State for eight. Hoping for Utah State 9. We'll see with Missouri, right? Maybe 10 right there. Bowl game, we'll see. Chances that BYU goes 3-1 and one are better than the unknown of the whole basketball season, right? I wish I could rewind and ask this question before the football season started. Oh, yeah. It's much more interesting then. But unfortunately, we're in the present, which we always are. Uh, and it's November 12th. By the way, I looked this up. BYU has been a single-digit seed 
eight times since the field expanded to 64 teams. When did it expand? In 1985. 85. So over the last 30 years, BYU has been a single-digit seed eight times. Eight of the last 30? Wow. I think this year is number nine. With that said, here are the rest of today's BYU Sports Nation headlines. BYU basketball has announced officially two high school signees, Gavin Baxter from Provo, Timview High School, Connor Harding out of Pocatello, Idaho. Both guys mission first players. They are expecting one more. Connor Harding went to this, goes to the same high school as uh, Taysom Hill, Highland. So good, good things have come out of uh, that high school. Kyle Collinsworth is number 22 in SB Nation's top 100 men's basketball players. I think the consensus from what we've learned in the preseason is that Kyle Collinsworth is a top 25 player in college basketball. Awesome to have that guy. Six triple doubles will do that for you. The a women's little soccer team back in the NCAA tournament against Utah Valley, as we just promoted moments ago, Saturday on BYU TV at 3 p.m. Eastern. We have obtained streaming rights for that game live as well, so you can download the app or watch it online as well. Women's volleyball plays tonight, too, in the great land of Portland at 10 Eastern time on the W.TV. Let's keep it weird. Rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's What's Trending on BYU Sports Nation. BYU basketball. Ladies and gentlemen, this is your team. 2015-2016 BYU basketball tips off tomorrow night against Utah Valley, the Fighting Mark Popes, at 9 p.m. Eastern, 7 Mountain, live on BYU TV, game number one. Yeah! For this new-look team, post-Tyler Haas, what will BYU do without their all-time leading scorer? They have a number of big non-conference games, and I use big very liberally right there, because the consensus I'm seeing this morning on Twitter is, well, the non-conference schedule isn't that good, so BYU should win more games than they did last year. You don't have a lot of big, big names. I mean, you look at Utah is by far the best uh, non-conference game that BYU has. Gonzaga is the best conference game. Those two, you know, there. BYU plays in a good tournament. Hawaii, they'll play Harvard, who was 59 in the RPI last year. Then you play Auburn or New Mexico. And then you play, hopefully, a team like Oklahoma. If you get to the championship game, that would be good. Or Northern Iowa, who I believe was a 4 or 5 seed last year. So 13 non-conference games, in my opinion, yeah, you don't have as many you know, good, uh, solid teams on there. Although Central Michigan, Harvard, Utah, Belmont, all top 100. So you hope to get, you know, win three of those four, compete, hopefully win at Utah. That'd be a really, really nice win for BYU. Isn't that interesting that Colorado, a name brand team, 118. Long Beach State had a losing record last year and had a higher RPI spot by one than Colorado. But it's a name. It's a big, it's a Power 5 school. It's a Pac-12 school. That would be a nice win. It's on the road. Hopefully Colorado has a stronger RPI this year. We only know what happened last year and can go off of that and who comes back and whatnot. But BYU, in my opinion, uh, is going to have to win 10 or 11 of these non-conference games to really set themselves up for what we hope, and you have declared, is a single-digit seed in the NCAA tournament. There are opportunities for top 100 and top 50 RPI wins. Now, at first glance, when you look at this non-conference schedule, you think, wow, it's just not as good as last year because BYU doesn't have a San Diego State. They don't have a Stanford. They don't have a UMass. And, but, and at home, you know, you don't have that game at home that pops, really. But really, and according to Tim Lacombe, name. it should be pretty good. This year compared to last year. It's not that far off when you look at RPI, and we all know that RPI matters. Let's hear what Coach Lacombe said. The way that the schedule lines up, I know that 
Um, you know, maybe the names aren't quite as glitzy as we've had in the past, but, you know, the way that this looks RPI-wise, if everything kind of goes the way it should, we should be in a pretty good place. Opportunities are there, and Dave Rose has made a name for himself utilizing the RPI to make BYU getting into the NCAA tournament the norm. So what that means is you just need to win a little more, right? And it, you get the schedule you get. People don't want to come to Provo, whatever. Just win more games. That's the goal for BYU. But how do you do that without Tyler Haas? When you look at the returning roster, Jerem, there's no Tyler Haas there. So is this sound the alarm? BYU in huge trouble? Yes. No, they're not, actually. We've talked about this the last couple weeks. BYU, a new-look group, but has more depth has better talent, it seems, overall in the roster. It has more front court present. Hopefully b- more defense because that's what cost BYU. The, the offense is fantastic and has been. In fact, BYU is one of two teams the last six seasons to be in the top 15 in scoring offense. But there's a lot of new guys, which brings us to the stat of the day. It's the BYU Sports Nation stat of the day. BYU returns five guys who played last season and 38% of the points. Lots of new guys. But from what I've seen in practice and what we've seen in games and in practice, this group is more talented than last year's. Now, that's saying a lot because you had senior leadership with Winder, Halford, Haas. Of course, Haas is a scorer. But you have Kyle Collins with Chase Fisher and a really nice group of young guards around them. Toulson's going to make the leap, I think. Nick Emery's going to be a good player, maybe freshman of the year in the conference. Then on the fr- in the front court, Kyle Davis is a, a double-double kind of guy. Nate Austin, the glue guy. Jamal Ates is injured right now. Let's see. Corbin Kafusi will be better. I, I just named... What, eight or nine guys right there? To me, that's the core of the team. Then, then what do you get from other guys? Celius, Hartsock, Chapman, and company. There's a lot of talent on this group. I think they'll be better than last year's 25 and 10. And what's, I don't even remember what seed BYU was. They were an 11, 11 seed. Better than an 11. Interesting. Eight different guys. I researched this during the last exhibition game. There are eight different guys that can legitimately shoot the ball well from distance for BYU. That's good. And they're, they're going to have to rotate among those three uh, wing spots because, well, you put Hartsock at the four. That's, that's the only difference there. Hartsock's the one guy who's a post player who will shoot threes. Is this a new look? I mean, I'll, I'll say it just straight up way different look team than BYU had last year. Yeah. Yeah, because Austin and Ates were injured. That's the big difference. But that doesn't take the excitement level down any. Back to Tim Lacombe. It wouldn't be out of, uh, out of the realm of possibility that we play five games and we have five different guys lead us in scoring in a certain stretch. And I think that's what's exciting about this team is the depth and the ability of a lot of different guys to make a contribution. Some breaking news on BYU Sports Nation. Yoli Childs has just officially become the third basketball signee and more depth for a team that is trending, Jerem, now towards what Tim just talked about. That is balance. And Yoli Childs is a guy who will play right away. Not a member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, but he's going to play starting next year for BYU. That does put them one over in the scholarship situation, so they'll figure that out later. But Yoli Child, top 100 guy nationally. Great, great signing with Connor Harding and Gavin Baxter. Then there is this question. With the new-look BYU basketball team and the return of one of the NCAA triple-double kings, I think by the end of the season he will be the NCAA triple-double so king, Kyle one. Collinsworth. One. All he needs is one. And the second greatest three-point shooter in terms of a single season in Chase Fisher. Tenth in the country at 103. How many wins will BYU have this season? 31 regular season games, and then we are projecting up to three, th- up in, to Vegas. three in, yeah. in Vegas. So. 34 wins, and I think BYU will find their way wins? again. Games. 34 games, sorry. Woo! 34! No, no, Whoa! sorry. 
34 <laughs> games. Man, you're coming back to the show firing bullets. <laughs> Jeez. How many wins will BYU have? Dave Rose averages 25.7 wins per season Basically as the coach. Basically 26. That's the norm. I don't see any way BYU doesn't let's, win 27 games this year, Jeremy. Wow. Okay. I, I, I think I go 26. Let's break it down for a second. I think that BYU needs to go at least 10-3 and three in non-conference play. Okay? Then you go to conference play. You have 18 games. How many games does BYU lose in conference? You'd think a split would be good with Gonzaga. Pepperdine's a challenge. They've won both last year. I don't think BYU can afford with a... I don't think that BYU has as strong an RPI as last year. I don't know, three or four games. So that's your number, 26 and 8, 27 and 7. That's around that number. 27 games gets BYU a single digit. 27 wins gets BYU a single digit seed in the NCAA tournament. And Gonzaga, I think, still wins the league, but I think that BYU challenges them a little more this year because BYU has a better roster to hang with them. I still don't know how BYU won at Gonzaga. I really don't. They played an incredible game. Pangos and Wilcher shot 5 for 23. BYU played tremendous defense, timely buckets and rebounds. They got that win and needed it to win. BYU finishes the regular season, by the way, with Gonzaga at home. How awesome is that? Because last year, it was early and the students were gone. The norm is getting 25.7 wins, so 26 wins, and getting to the NCAA tournament. How do the Cougars take the next step and win in the NCAA tournament? We'll ask the head coach, Dave Rose, who joins us in Studio B next. Also, what's the number one concern that he has for this team before the first game tomorrow? BYU Sports Station presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Simulcast on BYU Radio. You can watch it on BYU TV. The conversation happening right now on Twitter. Follow us at BYU Sports Nation. Use the hashtag BYUSN. Hey, it's a big weekend of sports on BYU TV. Friday, women's hoops and men's hoops open the season against Utah Valley, the Parkway Series. And then Saturday, BYU plays Utah Valley as well in women's soccer in the NCAA tournament. Live on BYU TV, 3 Eastern time on Saturday afternoon. Spencer Linton on the call. Spencer's busy. You're doing all three games against Utah Valley plus the pre- and post-game show. I'm ready to Take go, Take a man. nap, bro. Hey, I took two days off. You ready to Back rock to now? I'm ready to go, okay, man. Awesome. Our refreshed. Twitter question today, which is more likely, BYU football winning 10 games or BYU basketball gets a single-digit NCAA seed? Who will join me in support of <laughs> BYU basketball? At DeYoung1993 says this, I'll say single-digit seed, but only because Coach Rose is in studio and I want him to be happy. That's a nice segue. <laughs> On that note, <laughs> Coach, welcome back to Studio B. Yeah, well, hey, you know, some people know how to get along with others. <laughs> that's a good. That's, be agreeable. That's really good, yep. 257 wins in 10 seasons, eighth in win percentage among active coaches, and set to begin again. But before we hop into the season preview, Coach, I want to point out a couple of new additions in the studio. We have the mustard yellow seats. Oh, those are awesome. That have become a permanent yeah. part Still of Still crazy uh, uncomfortable. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> have you got them bolted in so someone can actually sit in there? Yeah, so you like, can, yeah. They have They're legs. On little legs. All right, great. Yeah. And we have the Tim Lacombe Hawaii shirt from last year's trip <laughs> yeah. to Hawaii. Yeah. Pit stains we, and all. We, we could probably get rid of those. <laughs> <laughs> that was two, two overtime losses. Uh, that was a tough burn. Tough burn those. <laughs> yeah. But those chairs, uh, I mean, it, it, obviously, the, if you've been in the arena with uh, the remodel, and it, it's just it's, it's unbelievable how nice that is and the feel of it and the new scoreboard and. Um, and just uh, obviously the comfortable chairs, and hopefully we can get people out of their chairs. You know, they don't get in there and just you know sit there for the whole game. I think we've got a really exciting team, but uh, you know we 
we sat in those chairs, at least for me, 18 years is what I've been here, and not one time was it comfortable. You know? <laughs> so like that, that actually looks more comfortable right there because uh, you, you have a little leg room. Yeah, I, I sat on that reading some of the uh, game notes, getting ready for this. Let's talk about those three signees that you got. Let's start with uh, Yoli Childs, Bingham High School, a power forward, top 100 kind of guy, going to play right away next year. Yeah, Yoli is, uh, uh, I mean, it, it, it's just the, the confidence that he has in us and our program, I mean, to, to come and sign with us. I'm just, we're just so excited. I think that uh, you know, he's a guy who can really play in that low post and score right now. And he's on his way to developing a, a you know a real perimeter game in that high post and uh, can shoot a three point shot. But uh, you know you know in high school you probably won't see it a lot. You know it's interesting. One of the fun things about uh, signing local kids, kids that are in the valley and, and in, in, in in the area, is that uh, a lot of Cougar fans can go watch them play in their high school season and then get an idea of what they're going to be like here and. Uh, I think Cougar fans will love watching Yoli play. I know I do. When I when I got a chance on the AAU circuit to watch him, that uh, he really excites me is how he's going to fit with our guys. He said the following this morning. <laughs> at Brandon C. Gurney tweeted this. Yoli, who is an LDS about attending a Mormon school. Well, I attend a Mormon school now, so what's the big deal? <laughs> <laughs> you know, and that's one of the, the great things of Yoli is that he is uh, – He's a really out, you know, out front guy, and he's he, he's not afraid to um, to tell people what he thinks, and he's not afraid to uh, go after what he wants. And I think that um, the match that that we've got here is is one that uh, is going to bring some really great results for both. I think he's going to do a great job for us, but I also think we can help him, uh, you know, to to get his career started as far as his professional career is because he's going to be a great player. BYU basketball head coach Dave Rose with us in Studio B. We are talking about the signing class. Joining Yoli is a mission first guy and his name is Gavin Baxter, another local product at a Timview High School who every time I talk about this kid or I hear about this kid from his AAU coach and from people around the community, it's you should see his untapped athleticism. Yeah. And, and that's really you know, what, what Gavin brings to our program is length, size, athleticism, uh, he's he's kind of a uh, a human highlight film right now. I mean, he really plays above the rim, uh, and I, you know I, I I am really excited to watch him play his high school season because he's really improved his game. Uh, he's a good three point shooter, uh, and I think that you know in high school he'll probably play a lot down in the post, and I think here you're going to see him you know on the perimeter a lot more. But uh, he has the skill to uh, and the athleticism to to you know to really. Uh, be an exciting player for us. And the third signing, Connor Hi- uh, Harding, mission first from Taysom Hills High School in Highland in Pocatello. Yeah, Connor's just tough. He's a tough leader. Uh, you know, they're in the, the he, he was the quarterback on their football team, and they had so many injuries that they replaced him, uh, put him on the wide receiver where he played the last couple of years. And I think they lost one football game in the, the three years he's been, you know, playing up there. So uh, he's a he's a, a tough, uh, skilled. Um, athletic guy, you know, six five. He's got good size, and I really like this class. It's it's really exciting to talk about Yoli because he's going to be here next year. These other guys, <laughs> it's going to be like uh, when we were talking about TJ and Peyton Dastrup, you know, when they were you know signing and going straight off on their mission. But uh, excited to sign guys that are going to be here, you know, within the same decade. Seems like <laughs> hey, TJ and Peyton Dastrup, and then Eric Mika coming off. They're going to be back next year Yeah, with that group of guys. I, I'm, I'm really excited about the future. I, I think, you know, we're going to be really young, uh, but these guys have a lot of experience. They've played from coast to coast, flown all over the, uh, the country playing games and uh, with their AAU teams and their high school teams. You know, Lone Peak had 
for years there, they were, they were playing national tournaments, you know, all over the country. So uh, these guys are ready to play for us. You know, you take uh, TJ especially. Um, he came into my office with Nick when they committed. It was sometime in uh, in the early late summer, early fall, and he came in, and both of them sat there and said, "Coach, we want to." Tell you that we both are Cougars. We're coming, and uh, we've been waiting for TJ for a long time. And well, just like we've been waiting for Nick for a long time, and obviously we get to see Nick tomorrow night. So looking forward to it. What went into scheduling the Utah Valley series? Because there had only been one game all time with the Wolverines, but now Mark Pope's over there. Yeah, and I think that uh, you know we've talked about playing them uh, for years, and just you know it was just never. Uh, you know, it just never got put together, and, and I don't know if, if if we were either one of us were really excited about playing. When Mark was in the process, you know, of uh, of interviewing for that job, he asked, "Hey, if I got this job, would would you guys be interested in playing?" And I said, "Well, let's just wait and see, you know, what happens, how it plays out." But uh, he was really uh, uh, he's got a lot of energy, and he's trying to bring this valley uh, and have them, you know, get behind Utah Valley, and and so I. I think that it's uh, uh, it's an interesting series. Uh, this is the first time for me we'll all play a guy who's been on my staff. Now he's a head coach. I've been done the opposite when I was I, when, when Steve was the head coach and I was an assistant. And I think the assistant has the advantage because he knows everything that I'm going to do. <laughs> I mean, he's watched me for four years. He knows everything that's going to happen tonight, uh, tomorrow. And I have no idea what he's going to do, you know. Uh, <laughs> uh, but uh, it should it should be a good game. I mean, he, he's uh, uh, he's a great coach. He's a, he's got a lot of enthusiasm, and guys uh, will play really really hard for Mark. He'll bring a lot of energy and excitement to that program. Whenever I think about Mark Pope, I think about one phrase: "Let's go, baby." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, he's used that quite a bit. You'll probably hear it quite a bit if you're sitting behind the bench, his bench tomorrow. But uh, I uh, I like his team. I've actually was able to see some film on uh, uh, on an exhibition game that they played earlier in the week, and uh, I, I hope the gym. I, I think the gym. We played him. I'm going to say 10, 12 years ago um, mm-hmm. when, I was, when I was an assistant here, uh, and it was a really good game in the first half. It went back and forth, and, and uh, then the second half we kind of uh, you know got 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 the score to spread a little bit, but. Um, they scored 97 points in their exhibition game. That's kind of got all of us a little bit uh, excited, wondering how this thing's going to go. Okay, okay. Dave Rose with us in Studio B. Let's talk about your team tomorrow and how you will match up against Utah Valley. I know there have been some banged-up guys. There are some concerns about the overall health of this team. So who's going to start for you tomorrow? Well, we'll see. You know, it, it's kind of really – I mean, with, without trying to, you know, be uh, – you know, kind of flip it about it, but uh, every day it's been a different group of guys who've been to practice. And yesterday we've had the most guys actually actually practice than we have in the last two weeks. And so uh, I hope that they're all feeling good today, and they'll all be out there, and and then we'll uh, we'll come together with um, with the starting lineup. But I would imagine, just knowing me and how I feel, if the guys are ready, I, I usually go with experienced guys, and then we'll start playing, and then see how the the season kind of progresses, and um, and that's you know really um, you know kind of just the the, the op- standard operation for me. I mean that's that's the procedure that I we I just have a lot of confidence in those returning guys, and we'll go with the experienced guys. Yeah, you first. can be flipping all you want on yeah, the show; okay. it's all good. All right. Flip it as you want. This is, this is your this is BYTV, baby. Uh, when you look at some of these injured guys, can you update us on 
Kafusi's hamstring and the tendonitis with uh, Kyle Collins. Kyle's actually good. Kyle's had uh, some really good practices back-to-back, and he feels good. Uh, Corb's still trying to, to get full speed. He's been practicing kind of in a half-court situation. Some drills he'll, he'll pull out of. And uh, hopefully today he can he can get up and down and, and we can let it go. And those are scary days with hamstrings, you know, when you actually go, okay, let's – because you, you, you pop that thing again, and you're going to set right back, you know, to another two or three weeks. So, uh, but uh, we got great medical staff, and they're on top of it, and and uh, hopefully he'll be ready to go tomorrow. How about Kyle Davis? Kyle practiced the last two days, uh, and he's. Uh, he, I don't think he's a hundred percent. He really wants to play and get started, and I think he can play through it. So still issues with that ankle. We'll from see. The yeah, yeah, that ankle, and and then he's got a little issue on his lower back that uh, has kind of been bothering him. But tough kid and really a great competitor. And he sat out all last year, so come on. <laughs> he wants to play. <laughs> Are you kidding me? You want to you know, come to come to the opening game in, in street clothes again? I, I don't think so. I think he'll give every, try, every, every possible uh, situation he can to get out there and play. So in the 40-ish practices you've had since uh, things got going, what have, you, what have you learned about this team and, and what they're going to give you this year? Well, this is a really, it's a really competitive team. We practice great. I, I, I think I've said this a lot, but this team every day is sometimes near the end of practice, things will slow down some days, especially those days when we only had 12 or 13 guys in practice. Practices are really difficult. I try to make – Practices tougher than the game situations, and, and uh, but they compete and they compete really well. And uh, this will be—it's always interesting when you're taking talented young guys that want to get their career started immediately, and experienced guys who have played, uh, and then you try to mold them together and see, you know, what you got. And the most important thing for me is is how hard we play, the effort that we give, uh, our execution, guys knowing what we're doing and how we do it. Uh, and then the effort that they play with. It just has to be an extreme, you know, kind of fanatical effort to to put them over the top from the other guy that they're trying to compete with, you know. When you look at the defense, do you feel like you've uh, improved that or do you need to see it in games before you? Well, I think our defense has, has really improved, but we'll see. You know, I, I think that, uh, you know, the speed of the game that we play, uh, it uh, it kind of lends itself uh, to, to – to, you're always going full out on offense in attack mode that some of these guys defensively get there and they just kind of want to stand. And that's the the part of this thing that we, you know, we're really trying to build is that um, we have better leadership on the defensive end. And also the guys that uh, have been here, they understand that uh, we need to be better defensively to get deep into that tournament like we want to. Is that the biggest question mark for you this year is what you'll get out of the BYU defense? Um, no, I don't think that's my biggest. I actually believe we'll be a lot better defensively because of the personnel. I think I think we've got a much deeper front line that will be able to play bigger guys, stronger guys that will help us around the rim. It'll help us rebound, and uh, I think our scheme out front will, will help keep guys out of the paint, which has really hurt us over the years. But uh, what 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 I the biggest key to me is how are we going to get these guys to play together? You know because. They all come from different places. We, we, I mean, if you go individually and look at some of the, uh, the the stats that these kids have put up in their high school and AAU teams, uh, you know, if they all got their, you know, just normal 
averages from the, the, their senior year, we'd be scoring 160, 170 <laughs> points a game. That'd be pretty good. And so you, what we have to figure out is how all that's going to play and how it's going to play together. And I think that, uh, you know, it, it, a lot of it comes from, from our, our captains, you know, with, uh, with uh, Nate Austin and, and Kyle and Chase. Those three guys are the most experienced guys. Uh, Chase is a fifth-year senior. Nate's a fifth-year senior. They've, they've been through, uh, you know, a lot of college games. And then obviously Kyle – uh, has had an experience that not many have. I mean, you have uh, you know an injury like that, and and you don't miss a game. You know, well, he missed the one NCAA game, but he healed over the summer, and then you know, I had an unbelievable year last year, and look forward to a big year this year too. At halftime, Spencer Linton will be interviewing you quite often. Yay! What kinds of questions <laughs> would you like at that point? Because probably two on average, right? Yeah, probably. Um, you know, the, the, the question of uh, how you felt the officials uh, maybe were in the first half, you know. Avoid what? that one? Avoid that one. Avoid. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What do you want asked? Um, probably uh, just, just a couple comments like, man, you guys are really playing well. And, <laughs> you're well-coached and, and you're, team. Yeah, what a well-coached team and good luck in the second half. And I'll say thank so, you. So he'll just say a comment. And, and I can know, say thank you. Thank you. And, and then you break up? Yeah, that'd, that'd be a be, lot faster. Really good. I don't think we'll do that, yeah. but that's a good suggestion. Okay. okay. You're a good sport to put up with those, those interviews, Coach. <laughs> I, have, yeah. I have a favor to ask. Would yeah. you mind putting on the blue goggles for a moment? You're a concert goer. I just want to, I want to know what this is like. Okay. Dave Rose with the blue goggles. <laughs> that looks good. That, is, that matches my shirt. <laughs> I see. That's a good look. Through those goggles, I see like 30 wins. I don't know about you. I hope so. Yeah. Oh. In fact, if there's 30 wins, I'll just keep them on. <laughs> During your game? Yeah, I'll just, I'll just wear them right now. Awesome. Every, every time I come on, if we're on track for 30. Awesome. Yeah. Okay, awesome. very good. Coach, we have a new flag. Uh, you've already signed the old one. That one's in the display case now, so okay. if you wouldn't mind signing the new one, as well. All right, okay. we'll do it. Good luck tomorrow. Thanks. Okay, thanks, thanks guys. Time. Great to yep. have you with us, Coach. Up next, back to BYU football with the former NFL and BYU quarterback John Beck. How would he attack Missouri's speedy defense? We'll ask him next. This is BYU Sports Station simulcast on BYU Radio and BYU TV. BYU Sports Station brought to you in part by the Cougar Club, supporting BYU 623 student athletes. Welcome to the club. Yo! Saturday, 6.30 Eastern Time. Countdown to kickoff is live on BYU TV as we get you set from Kansas City and Provo. Dave McCann will be live from Arrowhead Stadium. Spencer, Blaine, David, and Brian will be in studio. Refreshing today's BYUSN headlines. BYU basketball has signed three high school players. Gavin Baxter out of Provo, Connor Harding from Pocatello, Idaho, and Yoli Childs of South Jordan. Dave Rose just broke all three of those guys down. Download the podcast to hear what the head coach thinks about his new signees. Kyle Collinsworth is number 22 in SB Nation's top 100 men's basketball players in college hoops. BYU women's soccer into the NCAA tournament on Saturday. They host Utah Valley. You can watch it on BYU TV at 3 Eastern Time or or stream it on BYUtv.org. And women's volleyball ranked 12th in the country plays tonight in the great land of Portland at 10 Eastern time on the W.TV. Joining us for his weekly Thursday conversation is former BYU and NFL quarterback John Beck on the Deseret First Credit Union hotline. John, while we were talking over the break, Jerem's shaved head was brought up, and I, I want you to finish the comment because I didn't get to hear what you thought about Jerem's shaved head after BYU beat Gonzaga last year. Well, it just surprised me. <laughs> me too. There's some, there's some people that you're like, I can see that person with a shaved head. <laughs> and there's some people that you don't. I know where I fit based on that uh, <laughs> comment. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I don't dare say anything like that ever again. Uh, but BYU Hoops 
had a tremendous win at the time. Now, now we fast forward to what happened against San Jose State and now Missouri uh, and BYU hopes to go in and win that game in Kansas City. What do you think of this matchup this week? You know, I'm, I'm, I'm excited for it. I think, uh, you know, when you play a team like Missouri, I know that there's a lot of talk about what's going to happen because of what's going on on campus, what kind of team are we facing. They have a tough defense. Their offense has been struggling. You just don't know. But at the same time, it's a quality SEC opponent that you never know what game all of a sudden their offense might click. I, I've, I've seen it too many times. Inconsistent offense can all of a sudden, one game, put it together. And you just don't know what type of team that they're going to be on Saturday. They may struggle again or they may be good. So I'm excited for the matchup. What kind of effect do you think that Missouri will be dealing with given all of the -the off-the-field issues in their preparation for the actual football game? Well, I think it'll either serve as a distraction or it'll serve as motivation. Um, At times, teams can have things going on that take away from their focus. You know, there's like a little equation that says success, is when preparation plus opportunity minus distractions. And so what type of distraction are they going to have? Is it going to take a huge toll on them? Are they going to be able to be completely focused? Or is it going to serve as a huge motivating factor to try to prove a point? Is it going to be that fuel to their fire that they needed to get things turned around? I just actually noticed that they're doing this wide out with a different jersey that Greg Rubel tweeted about. You just don't know. It could be an effect where... In the first quarter, if things start going the wrong way, this is a team that, that hasn't had a lot going their way, and now they're going through this distraction. Boom, you could all of a sudden be in a situation where they start to crumble because they weren't ready to show up for game day. So I hope that's the thing we face. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm with you, John. I, I think that this really – it's going to be uh, polarizing in some way. It's either going to be a disaster and BYU wins and wins you know, by a larger margin than maybe we think, or it's a better game than we think. Missouri's 4-5. and five, but they still have athletes from the same teams that won the SEC East. So BYU has to be careful with that kind of speed. Therefore, how do you attack a team like Missouri, like, a, I don't know, a TCU when you played in the Mountain West? Well, I think you, first off, have to use the, the whole field to your advantage. The reason why teams go after speed, why they recruit team speed, is because they want to cover the entire field. Well, that's the same reason that how you beat team speed is you make them cover the entire field. You know, both times that I prepped for TCU when I was at BYU, I was excited about pushing the ball downfield. And you may say, well, golly, like, that doesn't make a whole lot of sense to do that against a team with a lot of team speed. But I knew that pushing things downfield, you may not hit on it all the time, but it's going to open up some other things underneath or in the middle of those you know, zone or, or uh, match scenes. So if you become cautious, if you don't push the ball, team speed can eat you alive. So I think, hey, let's be aggressive. Let's, let's use our big guys, and maybe we're saying it's not speed versus speed, but maybe we're using those big guys to stretch some things down the field, and then it can open up some other things. You have to do that. If you don't push and try to get things to work downfield against a team with a lot of speed, it, man, it makes it tough. John Beck with us on BYU Sports Nation. John, how concerned are you about BYU's banged-up offensive line against really an elite defense like Missouri? Well, I think we saw it last week. I watched the game, and I know that there was disappointment in the run game. There were some things that were happening offensively, and people don't realize the type of an impact having – multiple offensive linemen down with injury can have on a team, especially the center. 
you know, that center is the rock in the middle. He's the one making all the calls. He's the one that everybody relies on. And now all of a sudden, if you don't have that voice there, and if I'm right, I think our center is one of the captains for the offense. So you now pull your, 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 your team captain, that guy that's doing everything, and then somebody else around him, it's huge. It's all more important of why you have to have quality people behind them to step up. And a lot of that comes from guys getting reps. I've been on teams where you lose a specific lineman or two, and the guys that step in, they do a good job because they're experienced. But I've also been in situations on teams where your stud offensive lineman go down and the people that replace them are young and inexperienced. And in those situations, things always struggle. The run game always struggled. The continuity and the pass protections was difficult, and it makes it hard for the quarterback because it's just are you – having somebody with experience take that person's place. And if you don't, it can be tough. So if we were still relying on the young guys, thank goodness, or these backups, thank goodness that they got some experience against San Jose State. If we do get the starters back, I mean, you know, that can be really big. 17 was barely enough to win against uh, San Jose State with a banged-up offensive line. Now, in this game, Missouri's defense is really good. The offense, one of the worst in the country. You could say top three you know, worst offenses in the country statistically. And through nine games, I think that means something. So how many points do you think BYU needs to win this game? Well, you know, I've always liked Broncos' number. I know that that whole thing of 24 didn't hold, you know, we didn't even put that much last week. But I would feel like... Uh, if, if the offense can put up 24, I just don't see how their offense is going to do that. You know, they've been pretty inept. I did say at the beginning of the show, you never know when they can put it together, and that's true. So I use that whole 24-point thing as if, what if this is the game that they do put something together? What if they score more than they usually score? Well, then, I still believe, though, that if we can score all over 24 points, we will be fine. And now, that's going to be a challenge. I can't say that I've that and broken down a lot of Missouri games. I've watched some of their games just because I knew they were on BYU's schedule, um, and I do think they have a good defense. I think it's all going to be on, like I said, how well can we attack their speed, and then can we establish a run game? Any team that has a good interior front seven, you have to establish some type of a run game. Otherwise, the pass rush can just tee off on the quarterback, and it becomes very difficult on the edges. It puts too much pressure on your tackles if you do not establish a run game. If those defensive ends and everybody, the backers, can just pin their ears back and come on a pass rush, it can make things difficult. Well, here's the good news for BYU. T. John Karoma, the center, will be back and able to control things on the offensive line. So BYU will have that. Unknown about the other guys, Riker Matthews probable. Louis Lapuajo is questionable, as is Kyle Johnson. Yeah, the two guards in question, the tackles and center good. But the center will be back. With that in mind, John, BYU is now a six-and-a-half-point favorite going into this game against Missouri. I anticipate an emotionally charged start from the Tigers. But once the game kind of gets into the ebb and flows in the second quarter, for me, it's just going to become a football game. Are, Are you buying that BYU can survive that emotional burst early in the game? I think so, because I think that BYU's played a lot of emotional games already this year. I think that regardless if we jump out or they jump out, either way, I think that this is one of the most mentally strong BYU teams I've seen in a long time, just because of, I think, the experience that they've had and then the results that they've had in those experiences. I've said it a few times before on the show, to, to have a team where you know we've been able to come back It makes a huge difference in the way emotions affect you in a game. 
And I think that however this game plays out in the first two quarters, it's, it's not going to take a huge toll on the team if for some reason it doesn't go like they want in the beginning. You know, they're playing at Arrowhead Stadium. They have their fan base is going to be there. And I've been on teams that have struggled where your fans, if things don't go your way, start to kind of turn on you. You know, they're not as emotionally involved in the game or, you know, they just, it doesn't seem like they support you as much. And that can happen to the Missouri team. So those guys have a lot at stake as well for how their emotion runs. Things could not start out well, and all of a sudden that stadium could feel like it's not so root. It's not so much rooting for them. So, I think either way, the BYU team, because of how they've handled things this year, and because of the good results that they've had, I would say they're going to be able to handle whatever emotional impact uh, these things that have been happening at Missouri, or how the team comes out of the gate. I think the BYU team can handle it. John, I feel the same way, and, and we've discussed this on the show, where once Mitch Matthews comes down with that ball against Nebraska, all of a sudden this team believes they can win any game because they make this miraculous play. Now they have a moment that they can seize. BYU can't control what's going on on campus at Missouri, but what has happened is a bigger situation than a sports sporting event, right? There's going to be a lot of eyes on this game. Brent Musburger's calling this game. Uh, the, the highlights from this game will be on every, everywhere because of Missouri in this week. So how does BYU seize the moment, in your opinion, in Kansas City Saturday? Well, here's something I've liked about that situation. I think that BYU in general um, seized the moments at the beginning of the year that made America aware of BYU. Everybody knew about the back-to-back thrillers at the end. You know, uh, Tanner Mangum came home from a mission and nobody knew probably the backup's name that well, and all of a sudden, bam, in two games, Tanner Mangum jumps on the scene because of how the games ended. And I think that it gives BYU an opportunity once again on a national stage to do something. And what have they done every time that's, that's happened for them? Every time that's been an option, BYU's come through this year. You know, and that's not something that they think about. They're not saying, oh, this is a national whatever game. We've got to go in there and take advantage of this and that. They're going to treat it like every other game this year. But how has every other game gone? They've handled it so well. So, you know, I know that this last week's game, some, some fans might have felt like, man, what type of team do we really have? Like, we didn't really show up. I'm here to tell you, you play 12 regular season games a year, you are not going to just have 12 great games. You're going to have a game here or there where it's going to come down to one side of the ball maybe struggling and the other side needs to bail them out. You know, you got to have a few instead of clanking them off the uprights. They got to go in the upright, and you got to squeak by a team that maybe you thought you were going to beat by two touchdowns. That just happens when you try to put together a great season. So I'm excited for the stage once again that BYU gets to play on. And they go into a stadium that is it's not any bigger than one they haven't played in before. They go on a stage that's not any bigger than one they haven't played on before. And they're going to go try to have the same result that they've been getting throughout the season. If they need to come in the fourth quarter and make a play to win it, Right now, their minds are telling them they can, and I really like that. John Beck with us on BYU Sports Nation. Good chance the Cougars get ranked if they can beat Missouri on Saturday. That would be six straight wins, which would also be a season or an independence high win streak for the Cougars. Excuse me. Now, John, before you go, is there anything that BYU could do on the football field that would ever make you want to shave your head? <laughs> no. <laughs> I don't have a great hairline right now that's not going to be – wanting to have my head shaved, like, yeah, I'll do it. Trust me, guys. I'm trying to find ways to make my hair kind of, like, cover up those side things. <laughs> so, the canyons. Uh, yeah. 
I ain't shaving it. Trust me. My wife and I have had this conversation. As as I've gotten older, that thing's kind of sneaking sneaking up on me, you know, moving around. So I'm like, oh, crap. Last <laughs> thing I'm doing is shaving that thing. It'll get you. John, enjoy the game on Saturday. Thanks for the time. All right. See you guys. John Beck on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline. Deseret First, your values, your timeline, your financial future. He's right. With the exception of Michigan. Uh, BYU has responded really well emotionally. Nebraska, to Boise State, every UCLA. Game, right? UCLA, post UCLA, Michigan, that was a disaster. That's the one exception to this. But BYU has met the challenge emotionally a lot of times. And now you have another opportunity. He's right. Th- this is another opportunity to make a splash nationally. Seize this moment. We remind you with the generous support of the Cougar Club, BYU's 623 student athletes are role models, leaders, graduates, and champions. Be willing to help them succeed with your donation and welcome to the club. Which is more likely, BYU Sports Nation, the football team wins 10 games, or BYU Hoops gets a single-digit NCAA seed? Your tweets next. Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation, simulcast on BYU Radio and BYU TV, presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan live from Studio B. If you ever miss an episode live, Watch the rebroadcast. It airs weeknights on BYU TV starting at 6 p.m. Eastern. Listen, here's your chance to spend a hoops game day with the BYU Sports Nation crew. You can come in studio, watch the show live, have lunch with us. Uh, apparently, Shepard and Brian Logan are going to try and bum off that too. Maybe Michael Lisa. Hang out with the guys as they prep for uh, a BYU hoops game as we prep for that game. All you need to do is create a sign that includes a BYU Sports Nation mention and take a picture, viewing your sign at the game or in your house or whatever, Post it on Twitter using the hashtag BYUSN for your chance to win. Now, there's a game day tomorrow, Utah Valley. Do it. Shia LaBeouf says, make your dreams come true. Do it tomorrow, and you've got a shot at hanging out with us. If you're out of state, I have no idea how that works. We'll figure it out. Stop (laughs) giving up. Which is more likely, BYU football wins 10 games or BYU basketball gets a single-digit NCAA seed? Have we weighed in on this? Have I weighed in on this? I don't know. Have you? Uh, football wins 10 games because there's four games left. They're at seven already. It just makes a little more sense. There's a lot that has to happen with basketball still. It's not, it, it's not like it's the end of the year and BYU is 23-4 and four and we can kind of see the end and how this team's played. Why yet. do people continue to doubt me? The last two years, I have been ruled out. No way! They're going to the NCAA tournament, Spencer. It's impossible! BYU had some crazy... They were did it both years! Some crazy means, man. And who told you they would do it? I did. Just like I am telling you right now, BYU will be a single-digit seed listen, in the NCAA tournament. Listen, this is America. People can disagree. I know it's they okay. can. I know. It's okay. I'm just pointing out that a lot of those people were wrong the last two years. Including you. That's right. <laughs> I don't point out the, all the stuff I'm right about. I like know. Tyler Haas not getting drafted. And so I don't want to be right on some of that did. stuff. You just pointed it out. You're right. I did. <laughs> you just did it. I wanted Tyler Haas to be drafted. I Look, BYU football, yeah. I, that's the easy pick. Yeah, they'll win 10 games. They can win three of the last four. We should probably read a tweet since we teased them. At calm underscore spaghetti says BYU football wins 10 games because they are almost there already. Exactly, it's the easy pick. Strength of schedule in basketball leaves little room for error for low seed. Strength of schedule isn't that bad. BYU Sports Station presented in part by DexterLaw.com. Help when you need it most. Let's whip it.
It's time for the Cougar Whip Around basketball. BYU basketball signs three high school players: Gavin Baxter from Provo, Timpview High School; Connor Harding from Pocatello, Highland High School, same as Taysom Hill. Both Mission First players and Yoli Childs of South Jordan, Bingham, this morning who will play right away for the Cougars. Also, Kyle Collinsworth is number 22 in SB Nation's top 100 men's basketball player. Soccer. The BYU women's soccer team opens the NCAA tournament play this weekend, Saturday, against Utah Valley. You can watch that game live on BYU TV at 3 Eastern time. Stream it on BYUtv.org. Volleyball. Well, Frank Cougars play tonight in the great land of Portland, 10 Eastern time on the W.TV. Football. Mitchell Jurgens is a nominee for the Burlesworth Trophy. Huh? The award given to the nation's best player who began their career as a walk-on. So I'm eligible as well. Swimming and diving. Peyton, don't call me Dastrop Sorensen is this week's MPSF Turbo Swimmer of the Week. Sorensen took first place in the 50-yard freestyle with the top 15 time in the country. Woo! Future guests include SEC Network sideline reporter Maria Taylor. She was on the sideline when BYU dump-trucked Texas in Provo in 2013. I remember that. And first-team All-West Coast Conference midfielder Elena Medeiros. Today's nice. Rise and Shout brought to you by Dexter and Dexter. Help when you need it most, DexterLaw.com. We're giving it to Yoli Childs for what quote, Jerem? At Brandon C. Gurney. Yoli, who isn't LDS about attending a Mormon school. Well, I attend a Mormon school now, so what's the big deal? Also at Drew J. of the Salt Lake Tribune. New basketball signing Yoli Childs said his first name means do the will of God. He added, kind of fitting for BYU, I guess. <laughs> I like this guy's sense of humor. Which is more likely, BYU football wins 10 games or BYU basketball gets a single-digit NCAA seed? Our elite tweet of the day comes from at Coogs Rock. Nice. I don't even know if he answers the question, but he did say this. <laughs> Neither is as likely as a former BYU and NFL receiver taking over Jerem's job in BYU Sports Nation. Oh! Thanks to Dave Rose What's and John up, Beck. He's not retired yet. Wait a minute. Never went yeah, on our crew. Playing. Conversation, con- well, co- not really. Conversation continues 24-7 on Twitter using the hashtag BYUSN. Why does everybody think the strength of schedule stinks so much? It's not that bad. The show on demand. Download the podcast on iTunes and the TuneIn app for Jeremiah Spencer. Shout out to Kirk Pendleton.